What's up, you guys? This is Lauren McLean. Media reports state that Keaton Slovis is injured and is not planning on playing this weekend. Jake Redslaff will get his first start against West Virginia. We recorded this episode before the news came out, and we talked plenty about quarterbacks and the offense. I think uh, fans have been clamoring for this, so we'll see what happens when uh, BYU travels to Morgantown on Saturday. Make sure you listen to the rest of the episode with Brian Logan and Mitchell Jurgens. Cougar fans, it is time. Touchdown! What a grab! It's time to raise your colors, raise your voice, and join in on the raucous roundtable about your favorite team, the BYU Cougars. 20-15-10-5, it's time to tailgate. Cougar Tailgate, where BYU sports fandom lives. And here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, Cougar Nation? I'm Lauren McLean, and we're here to tailgate with you, doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. For today's roundtable discussion, we have former Cougar wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. What's up, Mitch? Hey, it's good to be here. And former Cougar defensive back Bilo, back for the second week in a row. Hello. Thanks so much for coming on, you guys. Last week's 29-point loss to Texas was ugly, but not completely unexpected. However, the defense held the Longhorns on two fourth downs, moving forward to 5-3 West Virginia on the road for a night game in Morgantown in a battle of the underdogs. Okay, guys, it's time for our hot-off-the-grill hot takes about BYU football this week. Let's start with Brian. BYU will play two quarterbacks. Is that your hot take? Do you actually think that's going to happen? After listening to all the stuff the coaches said this week? I think so. You think they'll do it? Mm -hmm. All right. You know, I I didn't think so until I I heard – Dave, well, I read Dave McCann's um, article of him interviewing Coach Doman, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense when you put it in that perspective, which is, you know, uh, Keaton is a is a one and done type of player where you know you have a you have a backup quarterback right now that you have an opportunity to get some playing time, and you know potentially this backup quarterback could be your starter for the next two years. So, yeah, we love we love Keaton. We want him to you know, uh, be in a position to, to play, you know, football at the next level. But at the end of the day, we, we Key's not going to be here, you know. So um, it made a lot of sense of, of, you know, getting Jake a little bit of, um, you know, getting his feet wet and, and getting some experience because he'll still be able to redshirt as, as well. So Yeah, because there's only four games left and you can play yeah. four games. And don't, and, Lauren, don't listen to the coaches. That's media talk. Don't, they lie. <laughs> they lie. Look, they, it's the only, the only time it, – it, look, the, you have two times where you could lie. It's okay to lie. Like coaches <laughs> speaking to the media and parents saying that Santa Claus is real. That's the only time you, you're able to lie. That's good to know. I concur. Less, lessons by Bilo. <laughs> uh, what's your hot take, Mitch? So <clears throat> I think uh, my, my hot take is going to be that Ryan Rico is not the most valuable – special teams player on BYU. Mm. Um, and I'll explain. So the loss of Marcus McKenzie, we haven't had him the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's been a hit. Yeah. You go look at, um, I mean, it, and I, I mentioned most valuable, not the best. I think Ryan Rico, I mean, everybody sees the yeah. leg that he has. He's he's an NFL punter in the making, just with how, how strong he is, um, how good at his job he is. However, BYU's starting to get hit, and, and they're starting to feel just how, how much it hurts to not have a guy like Marcus McKenzie in the lineup to go make the open field tackle yeah. when Rico boots it. Um, 
two weeks in a row against, I mean, Texas Tech, they had a good returner and they got a couple good returns. Um, and then obviously the touchdown against Texas, uh, they had a return touchdown. So um, I'm going to say that they've got to find if Marcus McKenzie isn't ready to go and, and, and to, you know, fill in that spot, they've got to find the the gunner or somebody on there that's going to make you know Ryan Rico doing his job so much more effective because it does it can hurt you so um, I think this season we've seen just the impact and how much value Marcus McKenzie brought to that mm-hmm. role um, because special teams I mean all three phases you've got to be sharp in all three to continue to dominate on the on the football field and and that's one of the areas where I think at BYU struggled a little bit the last couple of weeks and you see the impact that Marcus McKenzie has so I put Marcus as the most valuable player in that special teams role mm-hmm. and if it, if he's not ready then they've got to find the next guy that's going to come in and 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 do the job so that that's my hot take I love it and I think he does. He gives that spark that BYU needs. Everyone always talks about what's the next spark. You know, BYU yeah. needs a spark, and yeah. he really does. He brings. He's very athletic, but he also brings an energy to the field. He was so much fun to watch on special teams. So he'd be amazing to have back. And I agree with you. If he's not there, someone else needs to fill in. Yep. My hot take is this game will be BYU's breakthrough game on offense. I know they're ranked 123rd on offense nationally. They can only go up from here, right? So the Cougars have yet. Uh, you, that's, I guess you could go, go down that. seven, can't yeah, you? Yeah. The Cougars have yet to lose back-to-back games this season. They lose, then find a way to get it done the next game. But they have lost every game on the road. So I think West Virginia is a more relatable game for BYU. They're closer to the same level in talent. So I think BYU's defense and Ryan Rico and the special teams will give the offense lots of opportunities this game. And Keaton, the guys are going to capitalize on it. And Keaton. Hopefully we'll play the whole game and have a great game, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully he doesn't, so I'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> so your hot take actually happens. Right. All right, the fan question for this week is, how would you solve BYU's current offensive woes? Takiner on X said, go full air raid. Help Keaton by mixing in more screens and short passes. Five to six yard passes are perfectly good. Running up the middle on first down, taking a deep shot on second and then facing third and long isn't working. Use short passes to set up the run and then give Rhett's laugh a try. Mm, There's a whole see, lot in there. He's with me. There's a lot there. Um, are we commenting on yes, this? Yes, please. Okay. Do. Um, I, I, I actually agree on this one. Um, if uh, Now, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say completely abandon the run. Um, however, I think you can reverse the script here. Um, it's... I, I don't think they should be, or the game plan should be establish the run to then open up the the, the passing lanes. Um, do that with your quarterback. Do that with um, Keaton's arm. And, and Keaton, I mean, we've seen it. He has a great arm. Mm-hmm. However, one of the issues has been the offensive line breaks down. They're not giving him enough time. And so in my mind, it's how can we get the ball or how can these coaches get the ball out of Keaton's hand early so that he has time um, and, and we can make plays. Um, I, I even go back to the last game um, against Texas, and there was a fourth down conversion. They went to the quick game. They went to a, a quick slant to yeah. Chase Roberts, converted it, and I mean those those types of plays are going to work. So I, I love the take on that. Um, get the ball out of Keaton's hand. Do a lot more quick games, some creative screens. Um, create um, kind of your potential rush attack with some short and intermediate pass game. And then who knows if you start to I mean and. and uh, who was it? Uh, TCU did it against us, mm-hmm. um, against BYU. They, 
they threw for what over 400 yards and how many balls over the top did they complete not a lot of them right everything was everything was short everything was intermediate and i think that's what BYU needs to do and and if you do that you could find yourself late late in the third quarter in the fourth quarter and rush lanes start to open then you become that balanced offense um and so uh, that i agree with that take i, I think if keen's going to be the guy you can't rely on his legs to be the escape artist if things crash down then get it out of his hands and it's going to be quick game it's going to be screens and uh and then you got to ask the receivers to step up and, and create early separation because mm-hmm. that's going to be uh, i think that can be a key to victory if they want to find one this next yeah. week well, you're on the sideline, so you have an, yeah. a, a really great – I mean, sometimes it's actually hard to see on the sideline, <laughs> but you have a closer view of what's going on. And you mentioned that the offensive line doesn't give him a lot of time. So lots of people are obviously saying, put in Jake Red's laugh, take out Keaton Slovis. But you mentioned the offensive line. Do you do you feel like the BYU coaches should give Keaton Slovis more time? like, Or would you like to see Jake Red's laugh come in? I mean, it, it depends, and I think – because you can't. You can't point the finger completely at Keaton. Yeah. Um, yes, can he make better throws? Were there some throws there that he wasn't pressured and he missed and he, he airmailed it? Yes, there were those times, and Keaton's going to take that on himself. However – He's not. He, he he's not the only problem um, on that offense right now. Um, it is, and I think it stems from that offensive line. If you have a platform quarterback that's going to sit there and and try and pick apart a defense, he can't do it if he's under pressure and he right. has to use his legs when he doesn't have that. That's not his luxury. Um, and so, if the offensive line isn't going to improve, now I'm with Brian there. Like I. I think you can, if, if, if nothing else is going to come together, then sure, let's throw in the running quarterback because BYU may need an escape artist to extend plays because right now that's not Keaton, but that's not the design of his game. But if the, if the offensive line holds up, and I think you do, I think you come out against West Virginia, I'm sure that the offensive line is getting talking to pretty hard and say, hey, we got to do a better job for Keaton. If they can do that and Keaton has time, then I think Keaton can shine, but I think it depends on that offensive line group. You know, mm-hmm. I, I put a little bit more accountability on on Keaton than um, the offensive line. It's it's a it's a luxury to sit with uh, Uncle B, you know, who who played quarterback and and watching the games with him and how he breaks down the film. And um, there is there is a, a lot of different um, plays where you know Keaton just didn't get the ball out fast enough, right? So there's certain uh, within route concepts, you know. You know, traditionally, uh, just to keep it generic, you'll have somebody high, medium, and low. Um, and if 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 those cons if if those routes are taken away by the defense, you know, you could hit. You can go ahead to hit the check down. You could hit, you know, a shorter intermediate route, even though it's not um, maybe the first read or the second read, right? But as a quarterback, knowing that hey, the pressure, like I have pressure in my offensive line isn't that good. Maybe I need to make the, those decisions a lot quicker. So there's times where he, you know, would drop back and the ball should have went out now. Instead, he would drop back in 1,001, 1,000, and then, and then try to make that, mm-hmm. that throw. Um, but, you know, to your, to your point, how the coaches can help is by calling quicker throws to where yeah. he doesn't have all those reads and all those progressions. He could just one, two, three, bam, get it out. And that will help um, alleviate as well. But but also think about, you know, um, Jake being a running quarterback, that could help with the actual running game, right? So having a running quarterback, now the defense has to account for an additional player. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's no longer 
um, 11 on, you know, 10, it's 11 on 11. So that would be another reason why I would bring him in. Well, it's true. You look back at Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson, and I think they covered up a lot of the, <laughs> the problems that could have been yeah. that Keaton Slovis just doesn't have the legs to do. Those were both mobile running quarterbacks. And I almost think that's almost essential in today's college landscape. You almost have to be a dual threat quarterback um, unless you have incredible tools, right? Yeah. Position groups. And so well, think about the pros. Like if, if you're not, the game is starting to, to, to change, right? And turn that way as well. You look at the quarterbacks, um, like Patrick you know, Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Um, look at all the quarterbacks that got drafted. Uh, more of the traditional quarterbacks, like a Tom Brady, who you know obviously not, is no longer playing. But those type of guys, what do they do? Get the ball out extremely yeah. fast, right? Yeah. So it's it's, it's kind of either or. You don't you don't have a lot of time nowadays with um, you know three hundred pound guys that run our speed, <laughs> run four fives. <laughs> right. yeah. Scary. Yeah, yeah. A bunch sure. of Ziggy Ansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Texas Colonel on X said, do a Jay Hill, but for the offenses instead of defense. Justin Park on X said, get to the line with no less than 18 seconds on the play clock and utilize the 5-10 to 10 yard passing game, kind of like you guys were saying. GC Bendixson on X said, get the ball out quickly. Two or three step drop, two seconds max. Throw over the middle. Power run downhill, not side to side. Stop asking O-line. To pull and run faster than they can, effective, if, can effectively can. J-Day McKell. J-Day? I just that's gave a, him a cool street name. That's a cool name. J.D. Yeah. McHale on JD. IG said, short, quick passing game, use the middle of the field, then open it up for occasional plays from that. All right, guys, do you have any more takes on this, on what BYU needs to change offensively to uh, to, to make things better? Um, yeah, one one additional thing, and, and you know, I watch the receivers a lot, obviously playing the position, um, and what I've noticed, we're eight games in, and there's still a lot, and I don't know if you've seen this, Brian, too, but there's a lot of pre-snap confusion still, it seems. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there's receivers, um, they're lining up on the wrong side, and you see another receiver signaling over like, hey, you got to get to the other side. Um, and I- I'm not sure what the breakdown is there because it, it you know, should be fairly simple. They, could, mm-hmm. they, they throw up a formation, you know exactly where you're going based on the position that you're in. Um, and so I don't, I don't know exactly what the problem is. However, it seems that... Before the snap even happens, there's still some, some either whether it's lack of confidence, I don't know exactly where I'm supposed to be on this route combination. Um, and if you're playing with a little bit of lack of confidence or hesitancy, that's not going to fly at the Big 12 level it's at over. all. Right. right. It, and, and so before the play even kicks off, and we've seen that, right? Even last game, there was a, um, uh, they got down to the goal line or uh, within the 10 yard line and I think it was Keelan Marion was running a jet sweep. He runs into oh, the, yeah. the running back, mm-hmm. turns into be a mm-hmm. loss. And those types of things, I just don't know. That stuff can't happen at week eight. Um, you know, blunders in um, in communication, in alignment, in assignment. Um, and so that's one thing. And I think collectively as a group, uh, one of the mentions there was, you know, you got to get up to the ball with eight, you know, or get out of the huddle within 18 seconds or whatever it is, 18 seconds left on the playcock. Um, there needs to be more, um, I think, uh, unison as far as breaking the huddle. Everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing, because if you do that, you're going to play with a level of confidence that that um, that you can see and then therefore be successful, go make plays. Because if you're not confident and it seems that there still is a little bit of hesitancy there, not sure what the issue is, but they got to fix that. Well, you, yeah. you also, I mean, from a receiver's perspective, if you if you're lined up, um, you know, fast enough, and um, 
you know, you're you're looking at your pre-snap reads, right? I mean, that's you're you're able to say, okay, safety's here, corners here, linebackers here. This is where I'm going to be able to run, you know, based off of you know their alignment. So I agree with you there. You know, something something that Austin Collie said, which was um, really um, you know uh, eye-opening for me, was when he played, he was like, I didn't rotate a lot. So yeah. he he thinks you know guys that are because the guys are rotating a lot, they're not getting into a rhythm, right? And I think I think what you just said maybe the cause of that as well. If if I'm not getting a lot of reps and it's like quality reps, which are game reps, um, you know, I I may not know. Or or let's say I, I rotate in and I go, oh shoot, I've only ran this play twice. Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I could see, I could see that potentially happen. What do you what do you think? Yeah, that? well that that could be the case, and and something that that I've been noticing is, and I I think the receivers are rotating positions within the receiver group. Yeah, mm-hmm. when I when I played. Um, I was a an H receiver, um, but that's all I played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if somebody came in for me, they came into the H. When I came back in, I was the H receiver. There's a Z, there's an X, there's a Y, there's an F. Um, and if I'm going from Z to X to F to H to back to F to Z, I may get confused because, again, the the way that you line up, the way – the, the route combination works in my inside and my outside. Um, all that can get confusing where if I'm rotating, and again, I, I it looks like that's happening yeah. just based on how many people are rotating and the different positions I've seen them in. Um, if that's the case, then maybe you have to dial that back, get, hey, you're going to be the set X, you're going to yeah. be the set Z, you're going to be the set Y. If we pull you out, you're coming back into that position. So then it's easier to digest yeah. the playbook, yeah. the route combinations, and you're not going to see as many issues with those pre-snap confusions or on-field confusions or miscommunications because it has been happening for eight weeks now. Even like during the game. So when I played, I don't ever remember guarding more than three receivers ever, like during the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we play field and boundaries, so I'm always on the strong side. So typically, right, like who, like there's obviously things can change, but typically, you know, those sets of receivers are, I'm going to be facing the, same, the, the entire time. So by the time it was the middle of the first quarter, I would go back to, you know, Andrew Rich, our strong safety. I'm like, yo, when this dude lines up here, this is going to happen. Or I would, like, get back on the sideline. I'm like, oh, he's way slower than what I thought on film, right? <laughs> like, like there's little nu- nuances that you, you're able to pick up um, when you're in the game and you get that rhythm. And, yeah, it doesn't – I mean, Chase looks like, like he's – I mean, Chase is probably different. He's a, he's just – like, he's game ready. Um, but all the other guys, they, like, they don't seem like to – be in like a good you know flow so i don't know if that's just like the philosophy of of the of the offense but i think that's one major thing that they're uh that that the players are missing out on is being able to pick up on those those little nuances to help them to win those one-on-one matchups yeah and chase roberts and isaac rex have kind of been they they have the most reps out of all of the receivers right so they're gonna know their assignments a little better but it sounds like you guys are saying discipline and hopefully let the guys know have one assignment and do that assignment get it done okay correct me if i'm wrong but watching as a fan it seems byu isn't throwing and making catches to get the first down often i see a lot of side to side and deep balls and i think it'd be nice to see them when you talked about quick throws to the line and then that opens up the run game a little bit right so I, is that something that you're seeing? They're not quite getting to the first down. They're, they're either going deep or they're going to the side. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of the side-to-side action. That, that, that sticks out to me most. Um, I, I know coordinators at times, um, even you know play callers, it's, it can be dangerous to throw between the hashes, to go over the middle of the field. Yeah. Um, however, 
it's it's needed and that's mm. going to be uh, something that's going to I mean that's where Isaac Rex he's one of the best playmakers on the BYU offense he hasn't gotten as involved but I think about you know you got a big tall 65 what is he 6566 six, six, mm-hmm. right, tall yeah. frame that's running down the middle of the field that's hard to beat right. and if you can start to do that it's going to open up a lot of a lot of different lanes but I know at times whether it's play calling even quarterback if Keaton Slovis is feeling a little bit hesitant it's easier to make that throw out to the boundary than it is over the middle when you have no idea if people are going to jump the route, get tipped, and then it's going to be a pick, which you're more likely to do over the middle of the field. But you know, you've got to be confident to make those throws, if, especially if you want to play at the next level, right? You can't just rely mm-hmm. on the boundary um, or the sidelines, and, and that's going to get picked apart. And, and right. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, I think they need to go to the middle um, a lot more. Find out ways, do some mesh concepts to to create some confusion um, for the defense. Um, and uh, you know, I'd love to see a little bit more of that. I think I think it's this is where the lack of running game hurts you. Because when, if you have a running a, a good running game, the linebackers, you know, they 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 respect it, so they're sucking up, right? They're they're taking a couple of steps, um, you know, ahead of them, which is going to give you a little bit more space, you know, over the middle. But if if you don't have a running game, and and what I mean by this is, if it's third and nine, linebackers aren't, you know, they're not biting up on a play action at all they're, mm-hmm. they're not they're going to drop back and they're probably going to drop back a little bit deeper than they normally would and stay, stay at the sticks so a lot of those over the the middle throws are automatically taken taken away when mm-hmm. you put yourself in third and long situations so you know if it's third and three um you know possibly third and four but more so if, if you're in a third and three third and four situation and now and I'm a linebacker. Now you put me in a bind. Like, are are you running it yeah. or are you passing it? Yeah. But but my but as a linebacker, I, I don't really care about fa- like my job. Number one job is I'm I'm is run right. My first two steps, my read steps are going to be run. So I have to respect that first and foremost. So if I have to respect that and it's a play action, well, I've just I've given you a little bit more space to make those throws. Yeah, it makes so. sense. We're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, we're gonna play it buy or sell. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean alongside Mitch Jurgens and Brian Logan. Okay, guys, we're going to play buy or sell. And the first one is Jake Retzlaff deserves a shot with the offense. BYU's social media numbers, uh, one number one topic during last week's Texas loss was whether or not BYU should look towards the future and play Retzlaff or keep it rolling with Slovis. Below you, buying it or selling it? Yeah, you already know I'm, I'm buying like three of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 buying. Yeah. I'm, what, yeah. what about I'm you? I'm buying. Okay. I'm buying and 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 maybe I'm just a little bit a little pessimistic about, you know, seeing the offensive line improve and if it's if it's not going to happen and Keaton finds himself in the same situations, I want to see a guy get out there and and you know, throw a wrinkle um mm-hmm. and, and see what happens. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm buying it too. I'm not saying bench Slovis for the season, but I'm saying when the game is in hand or out of hand, let the guy get some snaps and see what he can do. And I totally understand Kalani's postgame comments last week where he's like, hey, it's not just Keaton. It's, you know, because mm. that's exactly what the media was asking him. Like, so why didn't you put in Jake Retzlaff? You know, so I, I understand that you got to give the guy confidence because if you take him out, you're taking some of Keaton's confidence away. But I feel like in certain situations, it's okay to give the second string some time and see what he can do. All right. Number two is when everyone is healthy, Miles Davis should be RB two. 
So for context, Miles Davis is currently averaging 5.1 yards per carry off of 15 attempts and three games played. LJ Martin currently averaging 4.6 off of 438 yards, and Aiden Robbins is currently averaging 3.1 yards per carry on 43 attempts. Mitch, are you buying it or selling it that Miles Davis should be RB2? That's a good one, huh? That, that is a good one. <laughs> and you mentioned when fully healthy, when, when everyone's full, when healthy. When everyone's yeah. healthy, yep. I'm going to say sell. Okay. I, I think uh, I'm high on LJ Martin. Mm-hmm. I think he's proven, you know, and running even behind a not a productive line. I think he's done some pretty good things. I'd like to see him get a little bit more um, – Take those outside runs with a little bit more speed. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I mean, he's he's physical. He's he's fast. He can do uh, he can do a lot, and I, I've I've been pleased. Um, I'm not convinced that Aiden Robbins is healthy yet. Yeah. Um, I think I mean going back. Uh, I don't like to live in the past, but he's had he had a thousand yard season last year um, at uh, UNLV. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he's if he's not all the way healthy, I want to say just I mean I've stood next to him. He is a massive <laughs> human being, mm-hmm. and I just you know pictured trying to tackle him, and and that's dangerous. And so if he's healthy, I think I'm still taking him as the two. Um, but that's that's a good question. It is. Yeah. It is. You buying or selling yeah. below? Um, I'm gonna wait till it goes on sale. Then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I'm gonna buy it. That's a different game. Yeah. Um, you know, so. What's what? It's a it's a hard question because I don't I don't feel like the skill set of Miles Davis um, really complements uh, the offense and how how A Rod wants to run the run the offense. But there are plays for him, right? Mm-hmm. And we and we've seen that. That's why you know um, the stats the stats say that. So I think that a what why I say I'm waiting till it goes on sale is is that I would like to see a rod incorporate him a lot more into the offense um into in, into play calls that you know suit his his skill set which is you know getting in open space um getting getting around the edges I don't know what his hands looks like but I would put him in slot have him some, do some bubble screens we talk about you know quick game I'd put him in a slot have him run a quick slant just get him into open open field open space where he can you know be one-on-one with with defenders and i, I like him over a, on linebacker like one-on-one like that's that's not even that's not fair right yeah. so being able to to be creative in those type of ways I, I think would also help help supplement the um the running game as well yeah i'm with you i'm selling it but i want to use him right, i want right. to use him a little bit more that's why you just gotta wait till it goes on soon yeah that's <laughs> right it was hard for me i love aiden's size like you said mitch and, and he had some breakout moments against te- texas lj is so tough only a freshman and he's just gonna keep getting better and better like he's yeah. I, he's the future of byu football yeah, and the running backs i'm optimistic about yeah, lj sure Okay, our next one is BYU get their first Big 12 road win against West Virginia. BYU is a 10-point underdog against West Virginia. Both teams 5-3 and three this season. BYU has lost their Big 12 road games by an average of 24.3 points. West Virginia is 3-1 and one at home. The game is at night. <laughs> Below, you buying or selling? Yeah, it's a night game. I'm, I'm buying. Yeah. I'm buying. So, um, you know, BYU is 20-1 and one in their last night games. So... Yeah, I mean, so like, there it is. That, yeah, it's, I, I'm trying to come up with stuff that would, you know, uh, back up that answer, but I think that just did. <laughs> it's the night game. <laughs> it's the, it's night, the night, it's night game games. for you. Yeah. What about you? Um, the the fan in me wants to say bye. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 gonna go sell though. Um, I the way that I see this season ending for BYU, I I see a six and six season, um, but I'm putting more. 
I'm putting more confidence into the win the next week at mm-hmm. home against Iowa State. Um, that's at Lavelle's house, 8-15 kick, which uh, has proven to be pretty brutal for opponents coming in. So um, I'm going to say sell on the West Virginia, but if you had a second part to that question, I'm taking buy on the Iowa State. On the Iowa State. On so, the Iowa State game. So, so why do you sell West Virginia specifically? Obviously, they are doing a whole lot better than what they were projected to do, and they're a tough team, and they do have that underdog mentality that can work in their favor, but why do you think that? They do. I, I mean, I think this team has competed. Their, their two losses came against... Um, it was the Hail Mary lost against Houston. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. They were the, the Hail Mary lost against Houston, which was just a tough blow. You take that away, and they're 4-1. and one. They're mm-hmm. sitting atop the division. I just think this is a very physical team. Um, I think it's hard to play up there. Um, yes, it's a night game. I'm, I'm all aboard the night train for this, BYU, uh, for this BYU team, but I think it's a little bit stronger at home. Um, and going, you know, traveling two time zones, it's been pretty difficult. Um, I know that uh, I want to say that the schedule they're going to head out on Thursday, get a couple, go out a couple days early, which I think will be helpful. But going two time zones, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not as optimistic. You've played at West Virginia. Yes. And you actually caught a touchdown in that game, I believe. Yep, FedEx Field. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was yeah. at FedEx Field, so, so it wasn't in Morgantown. No, but uh, fun environment, um, and that's a tough team. Uh, I mean, they're physical, so, um, yeah. You lost. You you guys even had Taysom Hill on that team. We did. You guys lost, <laughs> you guys lost with Taysom. I know. It mm. was tough. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't remember that, but West Virginia fans probably do. All right, so you answered this already, Mitch, but our last buy or sell is BYU will finish the season with a winning record buy or sell below yeah i'm buying i'm gonna buy um that means two more wins in the last four if you include the bowl the bowl bowl game right uh well yeah you gotta make a bowl game first yeah yeah so (laughs) so with i'll say with the bowl win um be yeah i'm buying buying with the bowl win so if you add that on i'll buy i'll buy that for sure so you're selling it. well if if we include the bowl game i'm going by yeah yeah okay um I want to. Uh, Kalani's he's he's been successful in bowl games. Yeah. Um. I want. I mean, he's played. He's four and two in bowl games. He's uh, he he can win it. So if they if they can find a way to get one more, finish the season six and six, I'm going all in on uh, on a winning. And this record. should be. I mean, I don't know how everything plays out, but this should be something new, right? Like a new bowl game for you got for for BYU versus being an independent where you guys, you know, it was almost pre-contracted. Yeah. 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 Right. So I think I think. Having a new environment and uh, even playing like a, a a bigger brand, right? Mm-hmm. School like brand name. I think I think BYU um, would would get up for that for sure. Yeah, I'm buying it. I think not only do they play well at night, BYU they haven't lost two in a row, so I think that's big. I think they they find ways to win, and it's ugly. <laughs> it does not look good, but somehow I. I believe in the defense, man. The defense gave BYU every opportunity to at least stay in the game at Texas. And I think, um, <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? Because when you said they, they win and they win ugly, I was like, that's called defense. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No, it is true. The defense has been fantastic. I love what yeah. Jay Hill's done. They haven't been perfect, obviously, but I think they've done really well. I feel well like they kind of have been perfect. I feel like it. Yeah, well, I mean, look, think about last game. You gave up seven. You gave the defense gave up seven points. Mm-hmm. Literally gave up seven points from from start to finish, like like a drive, an actual drive. You know, a, a kickoff and then Texas offense driving down. That's they gave up seven points. 
you know, three of the touchdowns were off of turnovers, right? So you have shorter fields, and then uh, one was a punt return. Yeah, and and you had two goal line stops. Like so, you had three turnovers. Um, us as defense, even though they don't say this on the stats, we we count turnover on downs at an actual turnover. Yeah. I mean, it has it in the name. Like right. it has, it's that's yeah, turnover turnover. <laughs> turnover on downs. I don't know yeah. why we don't count it. So if you, I mean, if you you know calculate all that, that's five turnovers, five additional opportunities that this team you know gave uh, to the offense. So. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the, the you know, certain categories, I think TCU obviously, you know, um, gave us a beat down. But other than that, I feel like, you know, the offense really hasn't helped out too much and the defense is, has, you know, come back. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, look, we don't we don't get a lot of opportunities to give, you know, love to the defense. So I'm just, you know, I'm putting that out there. No, I love it. They've been incredible. Okay, you guys, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome content i learned so much and that does it for us today thanks again to mitch jurgens and brian logan for coming on the show with me carter bond and tori kimball helped produce this episode with senior producer cleon wall you can join the cougar tailgate wherever you get your podcasts on apple TuneIn, stitcher spotify or on byuradio.org cougar tailgate is a production of byu radio